Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. I don't know if uh, Jordan can hear me. Obviously, they just uh, went behind stage there. But uh, isn't it cool just to have a great worship team and just uh, just those individuals that will serve you? And I just highlight that simply because uh, Jordan did an awesome job without Jacqueline, didn't he? Come on, man. Oh, He's jelly got his sidekick, his lovely wife, his partner in crime, but he did an awesome job. It's so good to have him. And guys, thank you for those of you that serve and just make this a part of your regular thing that you do just to serve God and serve people. Again, thank you for making the dream come to pass. We just appreciate all that you do to help people feel at home. We appreciate that so much. Amen? Well, let's get into this subject or this series again called Meeting the Stewards. And uh, if you recall in the last few weeks as we talked about meeting the stewards, we said that uh, a steward is somebody of really high value that meets the needs of somebody else's household. And it's not just a hired hand, but it's somebody that is held in high regard to take on the affairs or the household uh, duties to make sure that it's maintained and that it's ran uh, in, in an orderly manner. And if you recall, we said that in regards to being a steward, that God has called all of us to be stewards. In fact, if you remember, we said this, just to review just a moment. We said that Jesus, or excuse me, Paul said this. He said, do you not know that your body is the temple or the house of God? He said, your life is not your own, for you've been bought with a price, and it belongs to him. Now, the interesting thing is that that when we hear that, whether you've been in church for a real long time or just for uh, uh, just a short while, many times when you hear statements like that, you think, oh, dear God, the fun is over. <laughs> my life is not my own. But we discovered that God is cool. We discovered that God is hilarious and he's fun, that he's full of joy, and that to serve God is to truly experience life and life to the full. Remember John chapter 10, verse 10, it says that Jesus... Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. And this is one of those verses that we share often around here because I really want you to get this in your heart that God said he'd come to give you life in quality and quantity. One translation says living life in excess. God wants you to have an excessive life. You think, oh, really now? Well, doesn't excessive joy sound good? Doesn't excessive peace sound good? Doesn't excessive love sound good? See, we say excessive and we put that in the ditch and say, well, you're just talking about stuff. I'm talking about living life to the full. And God says that your life belongs to me. Therefore, it's my job as God's tender and steward of this house to make sure that I walk in this life enjoying it to the full That I'm experiencing God's joy and purposing to bring honor to God in the way that I live my life. And so the Bible says that we belong to God. 
But a steward is somebody that takes care of something that belongs to somebody else. Now, do you recall that the Bible says that when he made creation and he made Adam and Eve, he says to Adam, he says, tend the garden. So obviously it means to take care of it. But one translation says, God said to Adam, I want you to steward my garden. So right from the very beginning, God says, I've made you to be a steward. Now, turn in your Bibles, if you have your Bibles this morning, to Genesis chapter 1. Let's look at that for just a moment. Genesis chapter 1. And I want us to look at verse 28. Let me just share with you verse 27 as you're turning there. It says, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now look at what it says in verse 28. Then God blessed them. Everybody say he blessed them. Now that's not just a fluffy word to say that. Well, he he blessed them. There's significance with the fact that God blessed them. It says, he blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So once again, notice what the Bible says. The Bible says that when he spoke to Adam and Eve, after giving them the instruction to tend to his garden, tend to his family, then he says, I'm going to bless you. You see, God blesses the life of a steward. God blesses his kids, and there is a blessing, the blessing of God that he desires for us to walk in. Now, in one translation concerning blessed, it means to be empowered to prosper. Now, once again, we think prosper, and it goes towards stuff. No, God wants you to prosper in every area of your life. He wants you to increase. He wants you to have success. And the Bible says that he blessed Adam. He blessed the first family. And this is what he said the blessing looks like. Once again, for the sake of reference, when he blessed them, he said, be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Conquer and rule or to have dominion. So let's think about that for just a moment. I've got uh, a pear tree in my yard and and I'm not much of a pear person. But I used to have several apple trees in my yard and and I actually liked some of the apples. One was a red delicious. And, And it didn't have fruit on it every year. But when it came through its cycle and it was a good season... And I had fruit on that tree. Oh, it was such a blessing. I mean, I'd be cutting grass. I'd be driving under the apple tree. I'd pick one as I was driving and I'd be eating an apple as I was going. Remember, I told you I had some worms in my my apples. So I got protein and fruit at the same time as it was a good deal. You know? But to be fruitful means that I'm looking for fruit to show up. And God said that concerning his kids, his family, his steward, he said that there ought to be fruit in your life. 
Now, God doesn't look for your fruit to be wormy and all messed up. He's talking about good fruit in your life, right? So every area of our life, there ought to be fruit that is being brought forth because of the blessing of God on our lives. He also said this, to multiply. So in other words, the fruit in your life, God says, I want it to increase. And then he says, I want you to fill the earth. So listen, God desires for his kids to be the influencers. He desires for his family to set the pace for everybody else. See, we've had this world dictating to us and telling us how we ought to think, how we ought to live, how we ought to do life. But God says, I've showed you and I've told you what that ought to look like. And that is to be fruitful. Everywhere that we go, there ought to be fruit that starts springing up, springing up. I go over here, I plant fruit. I go over here, I plant fruit. I go over here, I plant fruit. And then it starts to multiply. It starts to multiply. It starts to multiply. You see how me as one individual has be, has beginning to is beginning to have great influence wherever I go. And he says, as I'm going, I'm filling the earth. See, God desires for his kids to be influencers. The greater Flint area, God desires for us to bear fruit. He desires for us to multiply. He desires for us to fill this community with something different than what's already here. See, we always look to the economy and say, well, General Motors is leaving. This is happening. Oh, you political officials, you ought to do. God says the blessings on you. The blessings are on, on my kids. And then my kids ought to go and have fruit and multiply and fill. Because of the blessing. Why? Because we're stewards. And then he says this. He says, now, conquer. Or he says, uh, subdue it, which means to conquer. It's an interesting thing that God would say to Adam right in the very beginning. Go conquer it. So what that means is that there's going to be opposition. Anybody ever experienced opposition in your life? How many of you married? Raise your hand if you're married. Okay, then... <laughs> I've seen one guy back there, yes, I'm married. <laughs> so therefore, you've experienced opposition. Just get two personalities in the same room together, and you've got opposition. And he says, now listen, you're going to face this in life. He says, but now, conquer. God didn't say, oh, you better watch out. There's some big giants in the land. He didn't say, you better be careful and keep your eye open because the enemy is a real big foe. He didn't say that. He didn't bring attention to the opposition. He just said, as my kids, as stewards that have the blessing on their life, he said, go and conquer. So in other words, we ought to have just an expectation. Wherever I go, I conquer. When I go into my job, I conquer. When I go into the, into the highways and the byways, I conquer. When I go into my family setting that they're just a bunch of... Hardheads, I conquer. Why? Because I'm a steward of God's house. And he said, the blessing is upon me. And then he says this. He says, have dominion or to reign, to rule. You see, God intended for his kids to rule and to reign in this earth. Why? Because the blessing... Is upon you. 
And because it's upon you, he wants you to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. But we've sat back and said, okay, everybody else, you do it. Government, you do it. Political parties, you do it. Right? And then we've had this idea, well, the Bible says, or our government says, that there's separation of church and state. God never said that. And really, that this separation of church and state simply means that the government can't tell you how to worship. Not how the church or the body of Christ ought to be influencers. God says, I want you, blessed people, that know how to be fruitful, to, to, to multiply, and how to fill the earth. I want you ruling and reigning in this earth. Why? Because he's made us to be influencers in this world. Why? Because as stewards, the blessing of God is upon us. The blessing of God is upon you. If you're a child of God, His blessing is on you. You may say, well, I've never seen that blessing come to, come to fruition in my life. Maybe you just didn't know it was there. But upon knowing it, you can take advantage. You can enact the blessing on your life. Now, it's going to take faith, right? But we can begin to trust God. God says, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. Now, I don't know if that sounds good to you, but that sounds like a life of fun. Right? Because why is it that we allow our fun, our joy, our happiness to be diminished? Because we always look to things to determine that. But if God says you're increasing and you're multiplying, there's not lack in your life. You're getting ahead. You're successful. That sounds like fun to me. How about you? See, we always look to somebody else to give us permission. But God already says, you're blessed. You're my kids. You're my stewards. Now, obviously, man messed that up. Right? Adam didn't tend to his house. Adam didn't become or was not a good steward of his household. He should have said something to his wife. He should have said something to the enemy. But he just sat back. Said, yes, dear. <laughs> Sometimes that's good to say. But you got to know when to stand up, guys. Right? Standing up to the enemy and say, nope, not in my house. But God says, listen, I'm going to set in motion an answer that will allow the blessing of God to come back into the life of my kids. So that they can be fruitful. So that they can multiply. So that they can fill this earth with the things that I desire. Rather than them being told how it's going to be. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. Or chapter 12 rather. Luke chapter 12. Say it with me. Say, I'm blessed. I'm fruitful. I multiply. And I'm filling the earth. Because the blessing. The blessing is upon me. Amen. Do you believe that? All right. So Luke chapter 12. Let me get there real quick. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 35. I'm going to read a portion of scripture here, so just give me a moment just to, to get through it. But let's, as we go along the way, let's just 
highlight some points here. First of all, in verse 35, he says, Let your waist be girded and your lamp lamps burning. And he says, And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. So in other words, he says, The servant is ready. The servant is anticipating the master's return. In verse 36, he says, And you yourselves be like men who are waiting for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed are those servants whom the master, uh, whom the master, when he comes, will find watch or find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that when he, when he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Isn't that interesting that they're waiting for him to come. But when he gets there, he says, now you sit down and let me serve you. Do you realize that's the whole heart of God? He's just looking for his kids to have a heart to serve him. But he says, but now when you serve me, <laughs> I'm going to serve you. Why? Because I want you to be blessed. I want you to increase. I want you to be fulfilled and filling the earth. In verse 38, he says, and if he should come in a second watch or on a third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house uh, uh, had known what hour the thief was coming or would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in the hour you do not expect. Then Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak to us in a parable only to us or to all people? And the Lord said, <clears throat> who then is, is that faithful and wise steward? So now he was first talking about the servant, but then he says that servant is a steward. He said, who is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant or that steward whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. Now did you notice some things here? Let me get my notes off the floor. Good thing I didn't have a whole lot of them. I'd have to find my place, right? <laughs> he says a few, thing, a few things here in regards to his, his steward or to his servants. He says, again, in regards to that servant or that steward, he said the servant is ready. He's waiting for the master to come. And the Bible says that when he knocks, he opens the door. He's watching. But then he also says something very significant. He says, now... If we always knew when the thief was coming, we'd always be ready. He said, but you don't know the hour that the thief comes. Thus, it's extremely important to always be watching. Always be ready. The steward, the man that is faithful, the woman that is faithful, is the one that is always purposing to seek the heart of God. Always purposing to say, God, what is it that you want me to do? Once again, concerning the blessing of God, the blessing is the favor. It is the grace of God that makes people 
blessed and successful in their life. But here's one thing that I found in regards to people that are successful. Successful people are the people that are willing to do what other people aren't willing to do. Right? So think about it. How many of you have ever seen people within your church and you're thinking, well, doesn't that just beat all? I mean, it seems like God always blesses them. It just seems like they're always getting ahead. It always seems like they're fruitful. It always seems like they're multiplying. It seems like they're just always doing well. And if you remember, I said the steward is the person that will have the opportunity to make you the maddest. Right? God, why are you doing it for them? God, why does it seem like they're always blessed? He's no respecter of persons. The question is, is are we purposing to be stewards? Because if we're stewards of our house, taking care of it as though it was God's, we would all see the blessings, the favor, the increase, the fruit in our lives. Amen? When it comes to being a faithful steward, the faithful steward always leaves a trail behind. And as I was thinking about that example, I was thinking about my little girls and my son. My father just blessed our kids with rabbits. And I think he's getting me back from when I was a kid, but... Uh, they were so excited to get their rabbits. And, and they're so cute. And my dad, he made this beautiful little rabbit cage for them. He sectioned. I mean, this is really cool. But anytime they take their bunnies out, they leave a trail. I mean, constantly. Constantly. I mean, it's just like, who left all the Cocoa Puffs out, man? I'm telling you, it was like, they're just all over the place. They leave a trail. You know that the bunnies were there. Why? Because they were feeding on some stuff. And as they're just hopping along, living life, having fun, jumping around. And the one, my, my one daughter's, it's just so cute. Because it will take off running. And as it takes off running, it'll like, <laughs> it is, it's, it's, it's comical. <laughs> Forgive me for doing that in front of you. But... <laughs> But my point is this, is that they're just so full of life, but in the midst of them having fun and being bunnies and playing, they're leaving little tracks all along the way. And when they're put away, there's still signs that they've been there. When I ask my kids, did you clean up? And they say, yeah, we cleaned up. It's like, yeah, I still see the trail. What's the point? As a child of God that is a good steward of this life that God has given us. Our life is no longer ours, but it's His. There will be a blessing trail behind us. Why? Because God wants us to, have, uh, to be fruitful. He wants us to multiply. He wants us to fill this earth. People's lives are going to be changed as a result of you and I. Because of the blessing on our life. When people come in contact with you. In the end, the analogy of it. There should be Cocoa Puffs left with them. <laughs> because they hung out with you. Does that make sense? Why? Because the blessing of God is upon us. He wants us to be the example of how good of a God He is. But if you recall, the Bible says this. The Bible says that the thief comes. Now, on one side, what God was saying, 
is that you don't know the time or the hour in which Jesus is coming back. Now, if you don't know it by now, if you've read your Bible, if you've been around for any length of time, the Bible says that God, Jesus, is going to come more than likely in our lifetime because of all the prophecies that have been fulfilled. We're living in the last days. So He could come today. He could come tomorrow. He could come next week. But the Bible also says that the enemy comes. Well, why does the enemy come? Because he don't want the blessing of being fruitful, of being successful to be evident in your life. In fact, he wants you to, to feel and think the farthest thing from that. He wants you to have a sad story, a pity party for yourself and say, well, it must be good being God's favorite because I'm just on the pile heap. I just don't ever get ahead, but everybody else does. No, God wants you to know that he wants you to be a success. But let me ask you this. If you knew that Jesus was coming tomorrow, how would you act? What would you do? Being the steward of this life that God has given you. Being the steward as a mom or a dad. Being the steward of a husband or a wife. Being the steward of a friend or a family member or a co-worker. If Jesus said, I'm coming tomorrow at the end of the day, what would you do? Some of you might say, I would go party like it's 1999. And I say that and you might think, well, that's funny. Because some think, well, once Jesus comes, the fun's over. Might as well get it in before he comes. Man, life hasn't begun. You've got to get that. The best is yet to come. And so therefore, once again, I ask you, what would you do in these last hours? I don't know about you, but my heart would be to have my kids know God. To have my marriage be on fire for God. To try to reach those that don't know Jesus in these last hours. Because we don't know the time or the hour in which Jesus is coming. But if we live life being a steward of this life, each day could be our last. How would that change our lives? One of the things about that is as we see this life... And see our culture today. And, and some of us, we can be so unaware of the time that we're in. And thinking, well, look at all the stuff that's taking place. But there are things that are very telltale signs of just where we're at. Because here's the thing. The enemy wants the church, the body of Christ, God's family, to be distracted before his coming. Why? Because Jesus said. If you're caught unaware. You could miss my coming. Let me just give you some things. In regards to just our culture. We've talked about some of these things in the past. How many of you got like Netflix? Anybody got Netflix? Or you got like just those cable programs? Now this is no condemnation on anybody. Because I've been there. But how many of you have ever binged watched a program? <laughs> you know what I mean? What I mean is like you, you discovered it and all of a sudden you started watching it and it sucked you in. And you watched it 
episode after episode and it got to the end of the season it's like oh there's a new season and you watch the new season and an episode and episode and like oh new season episode episode have you done that am i the only one in here Come on, man. There's some programs that I discovered and it sucked me right in and I blew a whole weekend. Embarrassed to say. You see, it's not even, it's not even a, a weekly thing anymore to where you gotta wait a week until the next program. You can get it all in one lump sum. What do you do? You get distracted. You get sucked in. You get pulled in and before you know it, you've spent hours in front of a television. It's a distraction. Even though it's a blessing, it can be a distraction. When you think of just the distractions of life, when you think of all those things that are out there, think about just the technology. Think about technology. I don't know if you've seen any of these little uh, videos or maybe even the news broadcast. I saw this just yesterday. They gave their children an iPad. To play video games. And in the midst of the child sitting on the couch. The mother came in. Had a big sign. The brother came in and had a clown outfit on. Had big rainbow hair. Had big yellow and red polka dotted outfit on. Danced in front of the little girl. And then after it was all said and done. She had headphones on so she couldn't hear. After, the, after it was all said and done, they came in with the, the, news com, the, the news broadcaster and he asked her, did you see your brother? There was a clown that came in the room. She goes, there was not. She goes, yes, your brother was dressed up like a clown, had a rainbow afro on. She goes, I didn't even see him because they were so distracted of the technology. You hear what I'm saying? I was watching one. There was this, again, it was a video on Facebook, I believe it was. There was a father that was on his phone in the park. And there were some people off to the side that were conducting an experiment. I don't know if it was the mother or whoever it was. But they came and they snatched the little kid away from the playground. And the dad is still over on the bench playing his game. And all of a sudden you see him look up and start looking around. And his kid's gone. He starts walking around and starts trying to find his kid. And he's gone. He's like, what's up? And finally they came out and said, hey, we got your kid. Right there. And the kid was taken away when you were just 10 feet away. One last one, I saw this story just, uh, I think it was a week or two ago. A woman walking down the street texting. There was a manhole. She was texting. There was a fence right there. But she didn't even see it. They caught her on tape. She hit the fence, flipped over, went into the hole. See, we're distracted people today. Why is it such a distraction? Or why is there so much there to distract us? Because the time is short. And God is saying, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. I want you to fill this earth with my blessing, with my love, with my heart. But if we're distracted... We're not able to be successful like God desires. Look at the family unit. Now again, please don't hear me wrong because I'm not getting on a soapbox about this. But how many of our kids with today's society get distracted with sports and activities for school? My kids aren't there quite yet. But I'm thinking to myself, I barely have enough time to cut my grass. Because life is so busy. 
Now you're going to throw in all those activities. It's like, how do we get things done when kids have to go to practice and games every day of the week? And again, more power to you parents that can juggle that and do that. Man, you guys are champions. But it becomes a distraction, doesn't it? And God says, I want you to be successful. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. And as a result, what has happened? We have found ourselves being distracted from God. The Bible says this over in 1 Corinthians. It says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, even as you see the day of the Lord approaching, as some have gotten in the habit of. There's all these thoughts and ideas concerning the local church today. That church is changing. That church will no longer be existent. That it will all be organic. I beg to differ because the Bible says so. God says don't forsake the assembling. Or in other words, don't get distracted. Don't let life become a habit for you. To the point that you don't come and steward the house of God. God needs you. And you need God. And part of the way that you begin to grow in your relationship with God and His family and steward His family is through the local church. Now, don't misunderstand. God wants you to be able to go on vacation and things of that nature. But to be a steward, God desires for you to be in the house of God. God desires for you to be fruitful and multiply and grow in Him. He desires for your kids to be in church so that they grow in knowing Him. Notice what the Bible says. Just... Two things and then we'll close. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. God says, meditate on the word day and night. So that you make your way successful. And that you make your way prosperous. God wants you to be fruitful and multiply. He wants you to increase. He says, but now meditate on the word. Listen, this Bible is your lifeline. This is a way that you steward your relationship with God. Whether it's through your phone or your tablet or it's the written page on pages of paper. This Bible will set you free. This word will get into your life to cause you to know God. And as a result, the Bible says it will make your way prosperous and you will make your way have success simply by finding out God's heart. And I guarantee you, if you'll fall in love with this book, if you'll begin to have a love affair with this Bible, you'll sense the presence of God. You'll get excited about what's in these pages. It will speak to you as though God is speaking to you. And it will cause faith to arise in your heart to where you can be fruitful, you can multiply, because it's simply being a steward of your life. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I was searching my heart, and I said, God, this is what I feel like you're telling me to minister, but it seems like I've said these things so many times before. But you know, I've gotten free from the fear of repetition. Because God... Wants to get our attention. He wants us to pursue a relationship with Him. He wants us to be where the family of God is. He wants us to read this Bible. He wants us to pursue Him. And without that, we'll never truly find success. Without Him, we'll never truly find purpose. 
Without Him, we'll never find joy. God desires for us to steward our lives and steward a relationship with Him. Being aware of the time and falling passionately in love with Him. That's my heart for us as a church. As you leave and as you think about just this next week, this next year, how are you going to steward your life? How are you going to steward your marriage, your relationships? How are you going to steward your family so that God fits in the center of your life? Now what I mean by that is not trying to fit Him in, but making Him the center to where everything fits. And when it fits, we'll be fruitful, we'll multiply, we'll see that we fill the earth and that the blessing will increase on our life. Amen. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. My heart is is that we would grow into a relationship with God. That would not just be religion. But it would truly be a passionate relationship with God. And that our lives would make an impact. My prayer is is that we would stop being distracted. Stop taking the bait of the enemy and being drawn here and drawn there. But lifting up our eyes and purposing to pursue God. And allowing Him to set priorities in our lives. Let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice whether they be in this building or whether they be listening online, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that you would arrest our hearts. That, God, you would shake us to the core. That you would awaken our hearts to see reality as it truly is. This life as it really was meant to be. That, God, you would take the scales away from our eyes. That the blinders would be removed. That, God, we would see the distractions that we've been following after. And, God, we would turn from our ways. That we would pursue you with such a passion. And allowing the blessing of the Lord to increase our lives. God, I thank you that we as a people are multiplying. We are increasing. We are blessed. And we leave a trail wherever we go. Not a trail of destruction. Not a trail of of devastation. We leave a trail of life. And people's lives are changed because we have come in contact with them. God, we thank you for it. We ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. Take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.